Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify. So, hey everyone, this is Carlos again for another episode of the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify. Today we have Rafa, Rafael Berti uh, from Amazon, uh, from Paragon, and Hans Elmegor. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. Thank you. So, uh, Hans has an incredible experience in logistics. Uh, Instead of having me, you know, talking a lot, uh, Hans, about your background, I mean, Perhaps you can introduce yourself. You're super international. Um, you have a very interesting career in logistics and e-commerce as well. Um, so we would like you to, you know, to give us the big picture. Tell us uh, about yourself um, and your journey in, in, in the commerce and logistics industry. Sure. Uh, thanks very much, Carlos. Very much appreciate it. And thanks again for the opportunity to be part of this. Super exciting. Um, yeah, uh, that's correct. I've been, uh, my name is Hans, and I'm 45 years old, uh, married to a Canadian. We got two small children. Uh, relocated back to Denmark, where I'm originally from, for about three years ago. Uh, before that, I've been living 11 years abroad in a number of different kind of countries Hong Kong, the Netherlands, Amsterdam, and like latest in Switzerland. Um, uh, I have, you know, the entire career has been spent in the logistics space. Uh, to be frankly honest, 24 years uh, this month, I've been within logistics, working for five types, different type of companies, uh, typically traditional, the larger one, uh, uh, all from Agility to, to DSV to, to Maersk, Demco or as well, and latest uh, DSDL organization. Um, my career has been quite you know, broad. I do consider myself being international citizen. Uh, I am, you know, uh, guy who always been following the, uh, I'll say the, the, the changes in the consumer market, even from a logistics standpoint of view. And, and that's where I, of course, find these times, uh, what's happening at the moment, and also have happened the last number of years, quite interesting. And indeed, all the challenges we're going to, I'll say, face uh, going forward, because it's just going to be a, a continuing speed of, of constantly changes which affecting the logistics industry at all. Um, I would say that it's, Oh, you know, it'll be not, you'll not be super incorrect to say that uh, my expertise uh, within the industry are focused on supply chain, primarily in the retail and the fashion and the lifestyle sector. Um, I, uh, among others, was leading that sector for, for the Demco Merck organization for a number of years. And, and we go back now, yeah, 10, 10 years ago when I, when I joined that organization. You know, dealing with all those, you know, big brands and, and following, I'll say, their trends in terms of, okay, there was traditional brick, modern companies, traditional retail sales, uh, you know, generated a ton of revenue. Uh, we did supply chain management, visibility perspective from an origin perspective through to the distribution centers, etc. cetera. Um, but of course, the whole push uh, over that, that time changing from more like an online sales activities like which is increasing every year. I kind of got that into that area for around 10, 12 years ago, because basically you could see the trends with the companies we were dealing with at that time. On that note, I, I you know, I just been following quite closely, um, uh, and 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 are really driven by the changes uh, on it. And 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 despite that, I have been in the organization, in the industry for 24 years. I think it's fair to say it's quite conservative industry uh, mm-hmm. logistics and and. And, and 
you know, I have to be careful what I'm saying, but, but um, not necessarily super strategic uh, in, in the way of uh, approaching the market. Uh, and the changes was happening in the industry, in the world at the moment, driven by the consumer changes. A lot of companies are definitely facing challenges going forward from a logistics perspective, uh, perspective because it's required to see more strategic around the customs going forward and these investments, which is required going forward for logistics company. And it, which is something to do about it's an unknown territory for a lot of companies. Uh, but due to the rapid changes driven, particularly in the change in the commerce and the online activities, Brands within those, I'll say, industries, fashion, lifestyle, retails, in, in generally, have become significantly more dependent on the logistics partners around us. And, and, and there are probably more, some are more dressed for success uh, and, and ready for the future than others, I'll say, saying. Very so nice. Uh, a little bit of uh -huh. what keeps you up in the morning. Uh, <laughs> Hans, there's a, there's, a, there's a question that I had I had not planned this question, but if we look at the if, and I, I I asked Hafa this question the other day about the enemy, right? We fight in every 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 journey, every company fights or a market, an enemy. They have to sort of overcome an enemy today. Yeah. Just getting a bit more philosophical here and trying to pick your brain. Uh, in logistics, and you kind of mentioned yesterday, it was very interesting because I agree very much. It is a sort of dinosaur industry, right? Uh, or, um, you know, uh, so I, is it fair to say that because it's a very traditional, let's use the proper English word, yeah. industry or yeah. conservative for that matter, is it fair to say that it's not really consumer centric? Correct. And, yeah. and if it's not consumer centric, I mean, how? This is something that we would speak anyhow, you know, way ahead of our conversation. But since we're here now, how is it that consumers are changing the industry in that sense? And I think, you know, then e-com is a big, uh, is a big uh, sort of thing that drags that change, right? That pulls uh, that change yeah. force. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right, Carlos. This is, you know, I think we can kind of, you know, but what, despite that, you mentioned the, the conservative also industry of logistics, you know, and in, in generally, uh, however, it has always been the buying consumer, uh, buying consumer behaviors, which have changed the logistics industry. If you kind of go like 100 year, 110, 20 years back, when you started with small corner shops uh, and, and, you know, selling tobacco on a corner in, in, in Europe and North America, and particularly, you know, how logistics was framed around that, uh, small trucks, horses, et cetera, uh, throughout various different types of decades, and up to, just to mention something in, in the 70s. In the 70s, that was really a, a massive change industry in the industry where, in particular the whole big box uh, area, where a lot of the shipping lines, like Maersk, established Maersk line, uh, Pion Netloid took Demco. Uh, you got uh, double OCL, you get NYK with Houston, like Basie or Rich and Consolidators. Uh, logistics company was established by the shipping companies. That happened in the 70s because they've suddenly found a need to uh, um, help their customers who were importers. Uh, all the Tesco's, the Target, the Walmart's, the Sears, the 
the everyone that basically needs somebody to care of the vendor management from a region perspective. Therefore, the, the what they call supply chain management from a region consolidated perspective was established in the 70s. So if you kind of look down the list, what kind of companies within that field was established in the 70s? That was exactly within that, uh, that, was, that list is quite long, simply because the fact there was a need from it from their customers because of the change uh, that the industry was changed. Now we can jump, you know, 40 years uh, onwards, we now in, in, in 2021, almost 2022. And I think that it, it's not incorrect to say that what had happened over the last 10 years has been very, very interesting uh, because of something like technology in order to support the online sales uh, has grown tremendously. We talk about the logistics industry where uh, if you talk about the traditional large uh, global freight forwarders, you so say logistics providers, they have always, as a history, had focused what happened from an origin perspective, you know, including consolidation activities and then the international transportations, whether as air freight, ocean freight, or road traffic, or even train now, until it hit a so-called destination distribution center or fulfillment center, call it what you want, and then have always considered like that job is done. Mm-hmm. Simply because that has been the priority, and for the last many, many years, and always. There has basically grown a local, I'll say, local hero environment all around the world, both here in Denmark, where we're based right now, in the US, in the UK, in the Netherlands, in Spain, in Asia, et cetera, who has been focusing on the consumer, basically. So everything was hit around a fulfillment center or warehouse operation where they're normally you know, unloading uh, containers and, and, and distrib- unpacking and uh, packed it to and distributed to, to retail stores primarily to the consumer market. It was in that space where they also need to adapt to changes when companies, or sorry, when consumers ordering online. So it happened there. So it basically didn't really pay much attention to the majority of the traditional logistics industry because they didn't have to focus on that area. Therefore, there's a com- existing completely very fragmented, uh, I'll say environment within the, I'll say the last part of the supply chain, like from when it hit, a consumer uh, consumer area or destination area warehouse until they hit the warehouse, sorry, until they hit the, the retail store or your private address if that's what you decide to do. So that has been a development around by local investments, by the technology, et cetera, which not necessarily has been filled up with a lot of input from the traditional uh, old-fashioned shipping logistics industry. And that is what's coming up to the surface right now, simply because the supply chain, which from an end-to-end perspective, when we talk about visibility, uh, is merging together. You also look at, if you look at retailers today, t- a traditional like a VP or SVP for supply chain and logistics has historically only been focused on what happened from a region to a hit to a destination center, not about the last part. These two things are merging together uh, within brands, within retailers. So they kind of have to look at from an end-to-end perspective because of the demand come from those consumers was changing rapidly. And that challenge, there's only a limited amount of uh, obviously operators within the logistics industry was really able to take that on still. Um, and, and that's what was driving. And these changes just, you know, I'll say uh, increasing the speed of change constantly driven by the consumer. I don't know if that makes sense, Carlos, to, to how, where, where the industry is coming from. It's a very, very, I'll say traditional, strong thinking, quite transactional thinking about volume, uh, international freight, etc. 
but in reality, it's the consumer market who's changing the industry, and it's not necessarily paid attention to 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 that level where it should to. And that now comes as a surprise for many companies. So, so if I if I may jump in, and, and if I understood correctly, what you're saying is that the consumers have been pushing the industry right. because the demand has been in such a large scale that the industry had to innovate, even though. Yes. As we, as Carla mentioned before, is a very traditional, very, I'm not saying, I, I, I don't know if old is a good adjective for this, but it's, it's very traditional and slow to move into new directions. But the, uh, the industry is having to adapt now since the demand is such a large, is so large and, and unprecedented, I'd say, right. that it's, you, you see this, this, this challenge has been, um, you know, um, coming and, you know, the new new spaces need to be filled in. And um, then in, in that sense, I have a question. So would, would you say then that there is a, is there a space for startups to come in with disruptive technologies or fill in a gap that, you know, the old industry, because from my understanding, the, the, the larger uh, players in the shipping and logistics are getting even bigger. But is there is there a space for small companies, small startups to come in and, and do something truly amazing that will help in the in the whole logistics panorama? Uh, thank for the question. I, I do believe there exist some very interesting companies already uh, got to the market with focus on, on technology, and indeed there's room for for more players within that field if you kind of uh, identify the niche and you reason the gap you know in, in the markets. It's primarily when you mentioned that uh, uh, that subject there, Abel. It's it's I'll consider it's more like about you know the focus should be around integrations. Mm. It's simply because that you know technology has as of history not been I'll say high prioritized by many logistics companies, and and it's not because of um, uh, it probably maybe because it has never been a, a focused area, probably not ever been an interest either. But if you're thinking about how many, I'll say, larger logistics companies has been established throughout many, many, many years. Uh, they've been built of uh, own pre-built uh, technology, let's say, like software, or own built or off the shelf and, you know, uh, different kind of types. And they are maybe now consisting themselves of maybe 100 plus types of systems. And, but one thing which has been quite surprising, many of those systems are not minded towards the customers or consumers. That's about... I'll say for internal purposes, and that's a big change for a lot of companies uh, today, logistics companies. So what you see right now, or have seen over the last number of years, is there are, I'll say, startups with, I'll say, consumer or customer-friendly integration software, um, mm -hmm. which is exactly what the brands and the consumer want are brought to the surface. You're starting seeing acquisitions of those, you're starting seeing that it's nothing about the, the size, of 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 uh, of the logistics, and so it's more about the flexibility and the integration with the many 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 types of software that exist out there uh, in the industry. And I think also this is also where you know things has been changed. Where it's not that many years ago, you, you could sit there uh, on on in executive meetings for around you know around the table and talking about what should our IT strategy be, right? And and that was indeed uh, I'll say a great wish from uh, big portions of the industry, they want to build themselves. Mm -hmm. They want to own everything themselves. But that's changed because if you're trying to take consideration that you have around, 
I think it's approximately 90% of all the data you find on World Wide Web is less than three years old. And if you, and I will only go one way, so just be more, I'll say new and new is open you too. And if you need to adjust to that, need to be flexible to integrate with these, you can build off those things themselves. So in a nutshell, yeah. it's going from a own technology mindset to an integration mindset. And that is not driven by the logistics industry. That's definitely driven by some of the, uh, I'll say some of the starter and the new companies coming up. And they are quite specialized where that's in. So, 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 so it's, it's, all the things like yeah. So, so in my understanding, it's something similar to what is happening to towards banks, for instance, which is a very old industry as well. Yes. Very uh, slow, and then what they're doing is they're basically uh, building incubators, having uh, their own startups, you know, incentivizing startups to come in with new technologies, and then slowly adopting these technologies, incorporating that into, into right. their yeah. operations. So that's more or less what's happening with, the, with your industry now, right? Yeah, exactly, because it, it's, it's cloud-based. It is white-label, uh, mm. you know, software with, with some of the markets. Um, and in order to, 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 you know, follow that speed, which is required from their customers, you know, they have to tap in uh, to, to these kind of scenarios can help them uh, fulfill their needs uh, quite quicker than they can do themselves. Yeah, I, I think I think a bit of the the thinking behind is you know you, you don't you don't you know it has always been winning like this, so you wouldn't change it. Basically, the whole industry has been a little bit of a bystander on what's going on, and um, if there would be any changes, they would be expecting faster airplanes, mm-hmm. faster trains, and ships, and that's about it. But, but there's plenty of technologies and even like uh, fleets that are coming in as well. And I, I don't know, I, I thought maybe you could comment as well, since we're touching the, this t- uh, subject of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, what, are, what do you think of uh, drone fleets, uh, the use of drones, maybe uh, technologies such as blockchain for tracing uh, particular goods? Or, or maybe in the future, would we even use rockets, you know, to, to do transcontinental yeah. <laughs> transportation what's your what are your views on this oh i'm not sure i have an opinion of everything but but i think the area you said has already come here another here today uh you know uh, drones have been tested many places it actually also you know if you live in a certain part of the world in uh, particularly in the pacific northwest around seattle right there's options for these kind of deliveries as you may know right so within an hour or two um but it's definitely that's a development area uh, also, the whole blockchain area, that's a completely specific uh, topic uh, to this, but, but it, it's going to be a more like a data-driven uh, industry going forward where the traditional disk is going to be a commodity and where mm-hmm. it's going to be difficult to add value if you don't have the value of the logistics not concentrate about the consumers, where it's about the flexibility as well. And then it's about the flexibility when you talk about the drone or you want to deliver it on a green bicycle because you... Uh, want to buy a sustain, sustainable piece of clothing. You also want to return, you know. So there's so many, you know, way, way. and then you can either, one thing I think the technology, you can either develop, you know, I'll say specific product to, to the specific <laughs> logistics, or you can also be an expert in, in uh, developing software uh, to, to companies who need the flexibility to choose the, you know, the different types of service you want. And as you know, uh, as well, reference like the e-commerce have really pushed uh, you know, one of the trends quite quickly around the globalizations, like, you know, brands, you don't need to be a big brand in order to be global any longer. You, yeah. 
you know, because the online sales channels, you know, you can establish a, a, a fulfillment hub closer to the consumers you like to approach. And, and even a country like, like Denmark, you know, there's different needs, needs in terms of, you know, you know, what you like, whether you're based in the, in the city center of Copenhagen or you based somewhere out, outside the city, there's a massive change of what you as a consumer would like in terms of experience. Some would like the cheap and the fast one. And there's the, definitely also one who would like them delivered in a specific time during the day uh, where there's uh, limited CO2 uh, because that's part of their, their way of living. Uh, and if you have to multiply that up with other countries, um, then you mean there's not one model fits it all. There has to be, it's the really the flexibility in order to serve the consumers uh, different types of needs. Where for instance, something about the drone uh, is definitely something uh, which we're going to see uh, more, more uh, probably more in, in specific areas than, than elsewhere. It also like, just to see Europe, for instance, right? It was, oh, can't even call it UK part of Europe any longer from, from that perspective, but it was actually Amazon started there in 1998. And, 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 and development or the expectation from an online when you're a consumer in UK is significantly higher than it is, for instance, here in Denmark or in, in, in Germany and Sweden for that matter. And you need to be able to adjust to that. So, so that's why it's an endless, I'll say, area of new development uh, also technology in order to support the needs from the consumers. Mm. Actually, I, I like that you mentioned Amazon because that's my area of expertise. Yes. <laughs> and uh, um, it's, it's it's very interesting that you mentioned that because Amazon, as we know, it's it's a technology company. They have uh, the, the uh, a big chunk of their business is the marketplace, the Amazon marketplace. Of, they, they also have different services also in, in IT infrastructure and all that. But, um, <clears throat> but Amazon has put a lot of effort to provide a uh, sustainable or, or, or maybe an end-to-end -end solution for their logistics, for their logistics. They have had for a long time uh, hired third-party logistics companies to do uh, the logistics for them. They had a program called ESP, Uh, where you could set up your own um, small or local logistic lo logistic company, so and you could help just delivering. You know, Amazon would hire you and your fleet just to make the deliveries in your area. Um, but then Amazon also has grown to using, you know, not only building warehouses, but they also have their own fleet of airplanes, drones, as we mentioned, and 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 many others. They're also now starting to invest into ships. What are your views on that? Do you think Amazon can come in in this in this industry and could be looked at as a possible competitor? I have to admit, despite that, that many people will be disagree with me, but I think it is a competitor to the industry right now. Mm -hmm. but, but I really think it's caused by the industry itself. It's simply due to the fact, lack of innovation and, and understanding the future needs. Uh, what Amazon has done has been, been good at, as we all know, is investing in the future and continue to do that part of the strategy. And that's not necessarily a, a part of the, I'll say, must-win battles for, for the majority of the logistics and shipping companies. They're very much looking backwards, what volume they were moving on various trades. For instance, going back to the ocean trade you just mentioned there, like what kind of volume were they moving last year on various trades? The problem, not necessarily thinking so much about that, those volumes that are moving on specific trades may change next year because of 
there is different sourcing pattern and thing and, and, and different kind of I'll say volumes because the, the, the spreading of the consumers uh, uh, goods are, are going on other trades as well. They're not necessarily looking at that. So what you're saying, the, 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 for instance, the about Amazon now going controlling, I'll say charting own vessels. You know, I'm not surprised about that because there's a need for it. And of course, there's also very much driven about the situation. The ocean freight industry, of course, has been in for the last, I don't know, 12, 14, 15 months, uh, uh, where it, it's, uh, which I still believe is, is a temporary situation. And, and it's not something where otherwise the trees doesn't gonna go into the, into the sky, but, but it's a temporary situation we're facing here. Um, but I just think like, you know, the industry, I'll say the, 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 the consumer industry or the, the, at least the, the retailers or, or, or the brands between like saying enough is enough uh, in that mind. So I'm not surprised about Amazon uh, doing something like that. And then there'll also be others who are gonna do the same thing. They're gonna take control of something because has suddenly that realized they were dependent on something where they didn't really support it their needs and and some companies can actually be quite in big problems uh, problems in the mm -hmm. future if they don't get a supply chain to be resilient and, and smooth supporting their, their their business needs um and and that that's what i that that's that's not a it's not a, it's a no-brainer right but 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 amazon is it's like uh it's a western company yeah. and is in a, is, it's it's an american company obviously uh global but my understanding is that Asia is the is the is the global hub of logistics nowadays. So, um, are there any examples of companies in Asia? Would it Alibaba do do they do anything similar or any companies like Tencent or you know they're also buying fleets or do you think it would that be in their advantage or that's not needed at all? They they have yeah, great partnerships there. What 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 are your views on that? I think the business probably is there uh, to do mm. that, but, but, but the uh, Asia, I don't know, say Alibaba, you know, very much focus on Asia and into Asia is a different market in itself. We have nearly 30% of all containers in the world moving within into Asia. Um, it's not the big ships between on the Trans-Pacific or on the, on the European trade you, you focus on, it's a completely different kind of markets. Um, but, but indeed, I'll be surprised if the strategy is not about, I'll say, controlling, I'll say, the logistics or the shipping activities much more, uh, simply because they can't really get what I want. So that, that won't be, a, that, that, that's not going to be a surprise if that's not their part of the agenda. Mm -hmm. uh, Hans, yeah. um, yesterday, sorry, Hafa, just a question here for me. We were speaking about the need of domain knowledge. Um, you kind of mentioned that. Uh, briefly, so you said, you know, as of today, you're at Scan Scan Logistics. Scan uh, Global Logistics. Yes. Scan Global, yeah. yeah. And and like, I find I find this very interesting that um, so for example, traditionally companies they've been looking to hire people that are from that specific industry, right? Mm -hmm. So ah, you will build your career in logistics, for example. Mm -hmm. But I think. As we progress and things, uh, you know, evolve, <laughs> so to speak, uh, you, for you, as as a you know, as a as someone who's looking at talent, you would look at someone not necessarily who comes with a logistics background, but someone who who's been on 
the D2C background on, or, or, the, or the, uh, the, the brand background with that brand background because they, they know really like the, the, the nuts and bolts of, you know, uh, especially in e-commerce, right? Someone who, yeah. who operated commerce. And maybe you can comment a little bit on, 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 on finding talent and, you know, the, the, the importance today of domain knowledge sometimes in cross-industry. So you won't really look for someone who's been building that, you know, boring, forgive me, career, like very squared in a way, you know, finding talent and, and also a bit of the challenges of that. Because I, you mentioned that yesterday and I thought it was super interesting, like having domain knowledge, you know, and hiring someone sometimes who, who knows about e-commerce, but it's not from logistics per se. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, and that's that's absolutely right, and 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 um, and again, and but again, it's driven by the changes from the outside the industry. It's mm -hmm. basically based on demands uh, from from their customers who suddenly have a different need to logistics and understanding their customers. I'll say, basically, their sales uh, channels, whether that online or offline, and um, that is. Historically, not an area where the traditional logistics provider used to have a lot of attention to because they didn't really have to serve those activities when about the sales. But since the fact that online sales has come here, online uh, uh, online sales come here to stay, um, and it's, it's a growing area, and this is part of the agenda from from the customer is to having a logistics or supply chain strategy. And, and solutions to support the growing uh, online sales deal, then it's basically been a must that the logistics industry many, you know, has to find talents from outside the industries because it's not necessarily within the logistics industry where that kind of information sits, uh, for instance. It's very like that, you know, if you used to play football for many, many years and then you've been figuring out you also, you know, have to be, be good at tennis. You don't take a football player without playing tennis, you need to go and find a tennis player who can, I'll say, compete in that area. And, that, and that's basically what is necessary uh, to, to get, I'll say, um, um, knowledge uh, into, into the industry by basically through a, a diverse team with, with multiple different types of experience. The, the question is here, Carlos, is that, will it be taken serious by the logistics industry? Will they actually, are they ready to adapt to that are able to take it seriously, take it in, or will it be some kind of a, I'll say, a stop divisions of the core traditional? Uh, that's really up to the business culture from logistics company to logistics company. But but indeed, what you are seeing, or have been seeing over the last number of years, is that there are being hired expertise, um, like like investors in, in in people and knowledge, uh, which historically not coming or got the industry from. Uh, from, uh, from the logistics industry. And that both count, one thing about the technology side, being expert in, in e-commerce uh, areas, so you typical, maybe hire people from the other side of the table, meaning it could be, you know, hiring uh, people from a customer uh, who understand, to understand really what their needs is. It's indeed also um, a lot of uh, hirings, investments are made in the whole sustainable area. You know, people with knowledge uh, from, from specific uh, industries are traditionally coming with, with a, I'll say, sustainable way of doing business. That is also not something which is super old in the logistics uh, industry. And these people who are, I'll say, um, leading that within the logistics industry are not coming from the logistics industry. They're coming from elsewhere, from, from other industries. 
but honestly, I find that beautiful uh, in order to that we actually see things are coming together. But it's definitely a change for the logistics industry that there are other types of persons who may not have been that long in the logistics industry, but they haven't come from a different angle. Those persons need to kind of be part of the logistics industry. I, I and that's I would, could imagine that there are some companies who's better to I'll say onboard. Uh, that kind of knowledge, and in order to, I'll say, to to um, support uh, those needs uh, compared to what you historically are coming from, I think it's more like a generation shift at the moment. Um, you also see that when you're sitting and talking with, with customers, you used to be a transport manager or a logistics manager ahead of something, but today when you're sitting talking strategic supply chain solution with a bit of customs, you're having seven, eight, nine sometimes types of stakeholders involved all from an export to manage an e-com to a marketing to an CEO. It's not a matter about the, the, the price from A to B when you're talking about strategic supply chain. And you need to be able to have those dialogues and understand that need from the customers. And you can't do that coming from, I'll say, only coming from having the logistics background only. It, it's, it's uh, uh, yeah, I think this is fascinating because from, a hiring standpoint, like a hiring perspective, right? I was talking to a friend. She is the CDO, chief digital officer at like a very traditional industry in Brazil. You know, they make textiles, fabrics. Yes. And, and she's looking like she has to transform, to, to digit, digitize the whole thing, digitalize. Uh, so yes. B2B sales, you know. And she said, you know, they're... It's so it's so old school, and she's been the one of the pioneers in e-commerce in Brazil. She built the whole thing there with some other guys. She said, the person who sits in HR doesn't know how to hire. So we need someone in HR who's gone through the pains of e-commerce and mm. digitalization because otherwise this person won't even know how to talk. And identify that that person has the experience, of course, values and, and all of that, but the experience needed and knowledge, right, in the company so they can make things happen. And I think it, it, it all goes back to the knowledge you have in-house, you know, so you can sort of, and, and the customer also, because it's also a lot driven by the customer, there's yes. requirements, right? And, and you, as a logistics company, I don't think you just have to, to move goods from A to B, but you have to be opinionated. You have to, you know, have knowledge in house to tell the customer, these are the, which is what you're saying. These are the trends. This is how you do. This is, you know, this is what we are seeing in the market. And then you can only have that with knowledge. And it's really interesting, right? Uh, those, I, I think, changes. And yeah, I mean, if you want to just to change because of that's demand for, you know, you know, we just don't do more of the same, right? Then you need to, to do something different. And it definitely come with, with expertise and, and people, right? So, so but I personally, I, I love that diversity, that, that industries are, are coming together. And that's mm -hmm. really how you're getting through end-to-end -end, uh, transparency in your supply chain, because each and every single chain are quite important here, and not only one thing. And, and but, but I, if, you, if I should, I'll say, make a little, I'll say, uh, comment or red flag to that, is that the logistics industry also have to find a way to attract those kind of, I'll say, mm -hmm. types to that interest, uh, to that kind of knowledge. It's not like they're not driven necessarily by the same 
I would say tradition values as a logistics uh, person who have been in that industry the entire career, always. There's other factors which keep them awake in the morning. Um, it could be about innovation. It could be about how the culture is in the business or you know, what was the purpose of, of, of the company, et cetera, et cetera. They need to be valued too. So, so the, you know, the logistics industry have to really be, I'll say, be, 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 do their, be doing their work quite well and, and, and really in order to onboard and develop and invest in new types of expertise. Um, because as we all know, right, we all want to be evaluated and, and, you know, and, and get the support of what we, you know, what we do uh, from our, our professional standpoint of view. But if you're not evaluated because you're not understood, not only be taken above, they want to be evaluated. So that, that's, that's a job there, uh, I believe, for, for, for the entire industry when you're hiring new types of, of people and you suddenly have a diverse team, um, you need to be able to treat and value and support all the types of uh, knowledge you've got in your team, right? If, if I may comment on that, I think it's a bit of um, a reflection of the changes that happen in retail as well, as you mentioned, because it's driven by consumers, right? So we have the traditional retail that went from the brick and mortar to online, and suddenly um, managers had to cope with a whole different way of marketing their products, of marketing their brands, of uh, you know um, um, incorporating logistics in a different way because before it was just filling up their warehouses and making sure that all the products are visible in their store. Now they need to kind of apply the same principles, but in an online world. And so if you think of a e-commerce professional, if you need to form an e-commerce professional nowadays, it's not simply a guy that knows how to sell something. He needs to understand computers. He needs to understand how the data will move, um, photography, and enters uh, the logistics was, is a major part because you need to fulfill the, the, the orders in a certain time, yeah. uh, returns, all that. But it also entered, depending on the business, also, also it enters a bit of, of legal issues that you need to be aware of, uh, taxation if you're going cross-border. So there's a lot of domains that are coming, you know, they're converging in one place. Yes. And it seems to me that what you're saying is that... Um, the, 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 the shipping and logistics industry is also moving in that direction as well. They finally caught up with that as well. So this, this change and the retail is now coming into the logistics where you need to, suddenly you need to have an IT department. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but I understand it's like, now you have to have more than just com having computers. You need to have a whole infrastructure for that, data silos. Uh, bringing people who understand the retail side of the of, of 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 the industry, and I mean this this is crazy. So I'm actually while you're saying that, I was actually thinking a lot about um, what happened in 2008. We had a we had a, a great downturn of the economy, global, and that's in my perspective that's where one of the things that accelerate the the growth of e-commerce. Right. Um, I basically started the e-commerce industry because of that. Um, and I, do you see any similar similarities between that and what is happening now with the pandemic? Um, it's always in, you know, in times with challenge where new ideas, uh, you know, coming up to the surface. This is where 
people get creative. This is where companies are investing in new ideas. So yes, indeed. Uh, so what we had seen, I'll say, seen over the last year and a half and, and a bit more, um, you know, has been crazy. And it's of course it's been. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that that we wouldn't have got to where we are from an online perspective. We would. But I think that the, the certain person who believed that where we are right now from online in the US is kind of 10 years ahead where we were predicting it was two years ago. Um, so it's definitely a situation like a world pandemic, you know, have, have just changed. You know, this is uh, like the way of, of, of buying our products, at least some of them, at least. And I think is that, you know, both in a, you know, also seen from a positive perspective, you know, I think the, you know, many, many companies have, you know, have known, oh, sorry, known that they had to tap into this online thing, but it's always been in the drawer on the desk and until it's going to get necessary or when it's going to get high enough on a priority list. Mm. You know, a year and a half ago, suddenly that, I'll say, fine call online said was suddenly on the, on, on, you know, on the top of the disk and it should happen yesterday. And that's indeed driven by that because that's what they don't say are facing those challenges and, and uh, uh, that, that some customers as our companies and brands has been better prepared for that than others. That's no doubt about that. We also seen that with the result of, of some retailers who have done better and some brands have done, done better, right? So, and, and due to the fact that these changes are, are happening where the growth is coming online, you know, it's probably not like, uh, many companies who are considering uh, putting in the retail and, and, and fashion and lifestyle industry who want to, I'll say, own own warehouse operations, right? They want to, I'll say, they want to be, be less vulnerable. They want to minimize risk. Uh, it's probably not either, you know, retail stores in, 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 in larger cities. Uh, they want to invest so much in either, right? They want to, I'll say, I'll say, get rid of those uh, fixed costs, uh, you know, in terms of inventory, in terms of fixed costs in, in, in real estate, etc. Uh, and limited so that has changed, of course, because of that. Um, so that's that's, uh, yeah. that's that's very interesting. And and then since we're on the subject, because um, mm -hmm. we're mentioning the pandemic, the whole change, I hear from a yeah. lot of traders um, that recently the, the 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 expenses of importing and bringing of logistics it, it has increasingly. Um, I mean. Uh, so one of them, he, he told me, it, it, it's, it's, you know, the price went tenfold from what it used to be six months ago, but without any other benefit. In fact, it, it takes longer than it used to. And then, of course, this is understandable because it's, it's uh, you know, we're in, in a period where there is a huge demand for logistics uh, worldwide. My question for you is, is do you think, do you see a possibility that um, will, will these prices stay this high for a long or can we see the price normalize again? And, and also on that, do you foresee a future where companies or logistic companies will be able to predict or at least be able to some kind of a elastic demand or adjust quickly to, to high demands like this? Uh, to answer the first uh, question, uh, then yes, this is a temporary situation. Uh, how long time it will going to continue? That that I'm unable to say. Uh, that that I, I'll say 
container rate, I don't know, like at that high compared to how it is, uh, how it should be, even also for, for shipping lines to be profitable. Um, I think some person uh, say that it will continue throughout 2022 as well, uh, but it's a little bit about the demand uh, on it and, and, and the capacity in the market as well. Um, um, it, but I indeed I believe that this is a temporary situation. Um, and I think during that period of time, there'll be a lot of development going on in terms of how to avoid such situation in the future. Because basically what company want, they want to have a smooth resilient supply chain where there's no surprises uh, you know, around the logistics cost at the moment. Right now they can't even count on, 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 on a basic container rate from A to B. And then some industries where the margin uh, are lower than others. These industries are really, really uh, bleeding uh, at the moment uh, due to this fact. And of course, it's a frustrating situation. When is this situation going to stop? Um, what I think is going to happen is that uh, is that this will not necessarily benefit the traditional transportation industry in the future because companies want something different. Uh, uh, they want to avoid being, obviously, being hosted in, in such situations where they can uh, get out of it uh, if they want to, because they're, they're dependent on the situation. On the other hand, is that I also see that this could also be a reason, a really good reason to, I'll say, to take supply chain a bit more serious from the retailers and the brands directly, because normally or historically supply chain in generally has not necessarily been so high up on the agenda for many, many retailers, for many fashion brands and lifestyles. There has been something like an add-on cost they would like to minimize because that's not been part of the business, or say core business model. That has changed because they're realizing these companies that supply chain is an enabler, um, a core element of the entire business model. So if supply chain is not part of Obviously, the agenda, even on board discussions, saying um, thing that that's why suddenly you you know then there'll be tremendously damages for for these companies' uh, well-being in the future. Therefore, it is also you starting seeing companies and executives, CEOs and CEOs from from not the logistics industry suddenly starting having a specific interest in the supply chain, whether that's in the origin side of it, but indeed around the consumer logistics part, uh, how to adapt to them. You see. Now, being opinion about it, that they want something different. They want a strategic supporter uh, from a logistics provider in order to survive or in order to, to be flexible and, and, and understand their business needs, both from a short and a long-term perspective. So that is, I'll say, changing, uh, which I consider being a positive thing because I think the logistics industry has been able to be, I'll say, hidden away in a transaction environment because it hasn't really been taken super serious uh, by many, many companies. Do you know that you can buy logistics or supply chain activities from a transactional uh, perspective or from a strategic perspective? And that is moving uh, towards more like a strategic a way of looking at the core business simply because they're really we, we are facing, I'll say, that situation we are right now, uh, where a lot of companies really having a challenge due to, for instance, the container rates on being able to adapt uh, quickly to uh, online sales channel from a supply chain perspective or adding more 
last mile providers uh, to it, like in general, like that. So that's a strategic way of talking about supply chain. It's nothing about, let's say, a box from A to B, right, from from Hong Kong to Hamburg. So, um, so yeah. yes, it's a terrifying situation for many companies being in because they really have, you know, realizing how much dependent they were on their logistics activities or the logistics part of the business than they want to pass. So I will hope that is going to be mean that 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 logistics in generally and supply chain uh, will be uh, I would say take more serious for many more companies than they used to do. And you uh, see that also right now. Uh, uh, Hans, we have about like five minutes yeah. and but just so you know, there you will do another episode and I will invite you because with Rafael, I think you guys uh, have a lot to yeah. collaborate and we can talk about this later. Um, since supply chain, uh, and I, I, we, we spoke about this yesterday, um, about the supply chain, how it's changing. We even spoke about, um, my interpretation is actually the supply chain combined with the customer success can be like a revenue driver because if I'm pissed off, I want to know where my order is. And if the customer success uh, that there's no proper systems in place, right? Where myself as a customer advisor who's there on the website say, hey, your order is, things can, can move a lot faster. You can become a, uh, a revenue driver if you have good systems in place and, and good people, of course, right? Who are tracking the orders and who can be really fast. And does it make sense, Hafa? Does it make sense, Hans, what I'm trying to say? Like, it's not, I mean, things are, um, they have to be more integrated in a sense that um, the logic, that's why I think you say partners, right? You're, you're using the word partners because the companies are looking for this integration, right? The companies that not, not, are not only looking at the, at that sheer large volumes, you know, but are the, the companies that are able to serve because uh, the you know, a brand with small volumes or large volumes, however they need, kind of like AWS, you know, like Amazon. Uh, they, if you need, if you, if, you, if you have a spike in traffic, then you will sort of say, okay, I need this amount of servers for the day. And that's probably the challenge in the industry. Mm-hmm. And customer success, so the brand, <clears throat> or uh, sorry, the, 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 the logistics partner being able to, to quickly respond where the order is for the customer makes a lot of difference. So I would like to maybe have a final question about the major trends that you're seeing. So the integration in the industry, that's something you just said. So customer success, customer experience, if you like. And then you yesterday you mentioned something about re-commerce, you know, sustainable practices. Yeah. So we can we can uh, finalize this and and yeah. yeah but- Basically, uh, how I'm, I'm, I think if you're able to, I think you, I think it's possible to, or it is possible, or you have to have looking at, at do that way. You know, you can really make supply chain a um, competitive advantage for your business if you want mm-hmm. to, if you take it seriously. And and you just mentioned something about yeah, the de- don't say the sustainable journey about re-commerce, right? There's, uh, I'm also, so I'll say, uh, I'm familiar with or, or supporting and, and, and working with a, a company who has uh, created a, a platform helping brands to, to resell 
uh, their product, particularly for the women fashion industry. Uh, you buy something online and you suddenly aren't in favor of using after six to eight months. That's more, that's more known in women fashions in, in, in the men's fashion. Uh, you were able to sell it back to the brand and get a voucher to buy something new. You know, um, this is a green way of thinking. And if you're appealing towards the, uh, the, 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 the younger generation and, and, and the generation who have focused on, on that, that's a super value point. But the interesting part of here, you can offer that to a brand without having logistics, a fulfillment solution on it. You need to return it. You need to clear, it needs to take a picture of, you need to fulfill it, it needs to deliver it again when it's been ordered again. That's just what I'm seeing like an example of how logistics of proper logistics can be a competitive advantage for you as uh, a brand in, in general. Yeah. Mm. But, but I think, but again, it's a little bit back to, to, to what we talked about before. You have to take it seriously in order to, to make it a competitive advantage. It's not something, you know, which just, you know, require a minimum of time. Now it has to be beyond the on the on the agenda uh, on or the highest level for a company. That that, yeah. that was really nice. Um, well, and, and and again, yes. Just sorry to to a person about. I don't know things about the volume either, right? That you know, it's not. If you want to create customer experience, you know, they don't really care how big you are and how many offers you are and how many tons of TUs you are. That's a commodity game. But for the consumer, I'll say buying behavior uh, or the, the brands who are supporting that. They don't really, as long as you support their needs in terms of you know, support their flexibility in order to, to increase their sales, that's what they're focusing on. Yeah, exactly, because that's one of the, the, the challenges that sometimes uh, half and I, we talk about, like yeah. uh, he's got customers, sometimes they can be large in the, their country of origin, right? Yeah. But when they're starting in a new region, well, how can I guarantee that I'm going to have a thousand orders a day? That's ridiculous, right? <laughs> that's true. That's true. So that's true. yeah, and that's the kind of thing that um, you know a, a logistics partner and the whole sort of fulfillment partner uh, should also adapt because uh, we we didn't even touch global expansion, which I think we should do a follow up on this, and is something that is probably very close to your heart, right? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah, it's actually option. actually something that I wanted to discuss more as well. I wanted to talk more about the global uh, growth and, um, and cross borders specifically, yeah. and what would make sense for 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 brands then moving forward to a global expansion. Would it be best to focus more on a cross border or maybe local open local um, um, depots where they can store their goods and then move goods across, S kind of mirroring. Um, uh, a similar structure that Amazon has built for for the FBA. Yes. Yeah, but I don't know. I think we're out of we'll, time. Yeah, we, we will do a follow up. I promise, uh, <laughs> Hans. We, we I'm talking about this follow up also because uh, Paragon is going to have their own sort of global expansion and Amazon um, sort of content as well. So you're most welcome to join. The other channel, uh, we would be very, very happy to have you as a, as a thought leader. You know a lot. There's been fantastic. So I'd like to thank you very much for your time. It was thank you, awesome. Carlos. Thank you for the opportunity, guys. Thank uh, you very much, Hans. It.